You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian women who are ready to write their first book, and then more so they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while leading their own families into financial freedom. I'm Nika Maples, and this is episode 115, Maintain Unity. If you've been listening to the last two episodes, then you know right now, I am republishing videos that I recorded in 2014. It's from the Nika Maples Vault. Eight years ago, I recorded these videos that I was going to use to encourage people to read the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. I gave up after eight videos, and I wish I hadn't, because some of this content is so rich and encouraging. Today's message is about maintaining unity. And one of the things that I was so encouraged about is to think about how that can apply to Christian writers. Have you ever noticed that there's a sense of competition that rises up in you whenever you see a Christian writer who is succeeding? Maybe you notice that they have more followers on social media. Maybe you're envious of how they're interacting and have engagement with those followers. It proves that their content is highly effective and they're hitting the mark of people's hearts as they try to minister in the name of the Lord. Well, if you're feeling that envy rise up, note that it's just misplaced. Of course, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet. And we don't take that seriously enough. We think it's all right if we kind of feel a little bit of jealousy and envy now and then. I'm here to tell you, you you definitely do not want to entertain envy and jealousy. But you can see it as a signpost and a marker that can actually be of benefit to you. I used to feel jealous of other Christian writers, and when I felt that jealousy, it's almost like I wish that they would slow down so that I could catch up. That's true coveting. I wasn't just even saying, hey, I wish I could have what they have. I was saying, in my heart, I wanted them to slow down so that I could catch up to where they were. Listen, when a woman of God is advancing the kingdom, you want to cheer her on. There is no reason for another Christian writer to slow down so you can catch up. If she's a pace setter, hallelujah, let her set the pace. In fact, pray for her to run faster and harder. Anyone who advances the kingdom of God is on your team. We want to transform people in Jesus' name. We don't want to allow people to just languish while we try to get our acts together. If there is someone serving well, let her serve well. Cheer her on and maybe... The jealousy is a sign of one, someone you need to be praying for. Maybe God has brought her to your attention so that you can pray for her. And blessing and releasing life into her ministry will definitely ricochet and release life into your own. I often find, number two, that when somebody hits me, my radar, as somebody I'm kind of envious of, I think, wow, maybe that's a signpost and marker, not only that I need to pray for blessing for her ministry, it may be that I need to be involved in her ministry. Is there a way that you can give to her? Is there a way that you can contact her for a partnership, perhaps to be a guest on her podcast or to see if she would review your book or better yet, serve her first. Invite her to be a guest on your podcast. Give her a review for her book. What you would like her to do for you, you do it for her first. Um, But I think the enemy likes to veil the blessings that God has for us. There's no doubt that he would would veil 
a contact, a connection that God meant for us, he would love to veil that with envy and jealousy. So then that creates distance and disconnection. And you'll never foster a relationship with that writer because you feel now you feel at odds with one another. Jealousy is always something that creates opposition. You, you can't feel jealous about somebody and not be in opposition to them. So when you sense that jealousy, recognize, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to take care of this aggressively. I'm going to pray this jealousy out of my life by praying blessing of that writer, possibly by reaching out and blessing her physically, like writing the review, asking her to be on your podcast, whatever. And then the third thing is receive that jealousy as a milestone. I'm not saying receive the jealousy, but receive the milestone of like, hey, you know what? This got my attention for a reason. She got my attention for a reason. So now I consider that whenever I somebody stands out to me and is notable, I think, hey, I want what she has. It's a sign that that is possible for you because not everyone who scrolls and sees her feels that pang of jealousy like, I want that. So they just pass by and they're encouraged by what she's producing, whatever. But when you pass by, you think, I want that. Then take it as a sign that it's something that's possible for you. God's igniting your heart to say, you can have that. The receipt has already been paid for. I'm both of your fathers. If I bought that for her with my blood, then I'm going to buy it for you too with my blood. Your daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He also, it says in, in the Bible that God does not have favorites. So what he did for her, he can do for you. But you know what? We disqualify ourselves with the jealousy. It is not in his character to be able to bless and favor something that he's already asked us not to do. So he already asked us not to covet. And it's like, if we're going to allow ourselves to do that, he's like, well, I can't bless it. I'm asking you not to covet because I want to bless you. So if you covet, it's like something getting away, getting in the way of your blessing. But if you instead do the three things I'm telling you, if you feel that pang of jealousy about another Christian writer, you want to A, bless her through prayer, B, bless her through actually reaching out for a connection if you feel led to do so, and, and C, bless her by letting go of it and receiving it as a sign that it's possible for you to. She's your sister in Christ. That other Christian writer is your sister in Christ. And hey, she's doing work that can be taken off your plate. If she's serving her particular community, that's work off your plate. You go and serve your community. And there may be overlaps, sure. But what what you see in her life, God's willing to do for you as well. That's why you're drawn to it. But the enemy is going to use jealousy to block you from the blessing of prayer, block you from the blessing of connection, and to block you from the blessing of prophetic promises. From prayer, connection, and promises. That's what the jealousy blocks you from. And besides, Jesus prayed in his last prayer on earth. He prayed for unity in the church. Well, that fellow Christian writer is in the global church. They may be even located in another country from where you're located, but you're in the global church together. And that's the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. And he asked for unity. So he wants unity between us as writers. Now we'll play for you the message that I shared eight years ago that is still so applicable today. God wants unity. That is what he desires. Like that's the thing he wants 
from us. Jesus longs for it. Are we not going to give him the reward of his suffering? He died on our behalf so that we would have unity. And then are we going to sit there and say, yeah, you know, but I don't want to give it to you because I'm jealous of this writer. He longs to bless you and he longs to bless me and he will do it, but not at the expense of his principles and laws and rules. It's like, if you're in the kingdom, there's, that's not the culture of the kingdom to be jealous the culture of the kingdom to be unified. If you've been following along in your one-year Bible, then this week you may have noticed an interesting story. David has been promoted from sheep field to battlefield, and after months of a military campaign, he and his men are exhausted. They return home in victory, expecting to find the town exactly the way they had left it. But they find that it has been burned to the ground. All their wives, children, and livestock have been captured. The men weep until they cannot weep anymore. And then the Lord tells David, go after your enemies and recover your families. The 600 men with David press forward. They head to fight the Amalekites, but when they come to a certain brook, not all of them can cross. 200 out of the 600 men decide they're just too exhausted to continue, and they ask to stay behind. So the 400 move on, defeat their enemies, and recover everything. Not one child was lost, not one wife, not one animal. They recovered all of their possessions. But when they come back across the brook, they find that the true problem has just begun because there's disunity in the camp. The 400 who had fought the Amalekites say, hey, this isn't fair. Those 200 men who didn't cross over with us don't deserve the plunder. We can give them their wives and their children, but that's it. That's when we discover that the greatest military general of all time has retained the heart of a shepherd. David realizes that he cannot lead a flock that is divided, and so he must maintain unity among his men at all costs. In 1 Samuel 30, 24, he says, we share and share alike, those who go to the battlefront and those who stay home to guard the equipment. There are two important lessons that we can learn from this story. The first is, no matter what the enemy has stolen from you, all of it can be rescued. All of it can be recovered in God. It's never too late. Press forward and let him bring your family home to you. But also, we learn that there are different seasons for our roles in the kingdom. Sometimes God calls us to fight on the battlefront, and sometimes God calls us to stay home and guard the home front. Both positions are important. Both positions are key to victory. Not one is more important than the other. There is always something applicable and rewarding in the Bible, if we will stick with it and continue reading. So whether you're behind with one day, behind by a week or by a month, I hope you'll pick it back up and move forward with your Bible reading. Whatever the cost, keep going. If you don't have a regular habit of speaking life by speaking the word of God over yourself, go to nikamaples.com forward slash truth texts. I have an incredible resource for you. It changes your mindset over time. When you read the word and believe it as truth, 
So give me a chance to send you these once a week texts that will absolutely be a booster of faith to your heart 